Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, my name is Aid, and this is show number 283, uh, which is a number of no significance that I recognise. Is it a prime number? Anyway, ring up and tell us. It. Ring, ring up, ring up. What are we call the, call the hotline. We've got people waiting to take your call. <laughs> 07898. <laughs> um, anyway, um, uh, yes, tell us if it's a prime number because anyway never mind uh welcome to the show everybody um here uh with me are my friends graham and claire graham how are you i'm doing very well thank you aid i had a nice uh easter weekend off with my boys chance to do a bit of rest and relaxation um and recover from the trauma of my <laughs> motorbike kind of catching fire underneath my very ass <laughs> the weekend before um a sad video you sent me of that yeah it, it was it was a bit of a sad one that one um to just to clarify i did get off just before <laughs> the flames bit into my ass um but yes my motorbike uh did go slightly up in flames um so yeah i'm good thank you i'd like to say i'm feeling refreshed but one day back at work feel like it's washed that away I do now have a mental image of you dancing around the grass verge of a of a, of a road, <laughs> you know, like batting your ass to get the smoke out of mm. the flames. <laughs> I know that didn't actually happen, but no, I now no, have that but, mental image. But if Sinead hadn't been with me, it 100% would have happened because it was only because she got off the bike quickly, turned around and saw smoke pouring out from underneath where I was sitting and told me to get off the bike that I, I did get off in time. So, yeah, otherwise... <laughs> not so good hot pants as, as <laughs> usual Sinead saves the day yeah as usual yeah uh, good stuff and Claire how are you I'm well thank you it's nice to be back um I've been busy I've been in Norway and I was doing a talk last night as well for um a group in Barcelona so that was nice um and it's nice isn't it because it's hotting up in the it's hotting up in the UK isn't it the weather's improving the nights are lighter so that's all good for photography. Mm -hmm. And it's wild garlic season as well, which is really lovely. <laughs> is it? Do you, yeah. do you partake of the wild garlic? <laughs> I do, yeah. <laughs> do you? Yeah, I pick it. I like to pick it and make a wild garlic pesto. Mm. Where, do, where, does, where does garlic grow in the wild? It grows in a forest near me. <laughs> mm, yeah, you find does wild garlic all over oh, the place. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> So it's getting I would good. have said hedgerows or something like that. <laughs> no, yeah. it's woodland, woodlandy plant. Mm. But it's getting good conditions now, isn't it, for ideal um, weather and everything climate-wise for, for pictures. So that's nice. Oh, that's perfect motorcycling weather. No <laughs> way. <laughs> Better take the van, mate. It's not on yeah, fire. Yeah, perfect van driving weather. Yes. Oh well. well, it's good to see you both. Anyway, it's it's good it's good to be back recording yeah. mm -hmm. a Sunny Sixteen podcast. And on that subject, Dave, it's good that you can see us since you've got your newly laser beamed eyes all repaired and fitted. <laughs> yes. Well, just the one actually. But uh, yes, um, uh, it's really worth talking about. Actually, well, let's do it. before we do, before we dive into that, um, we we got a bit of a. A catch-up show this week. Uh, mm. A few bits and bobs. If you're, if you're feeling generous, you could call it a magazine show. You know, we're going to be like one of those shows that you get at tea time where they 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 talk about horrible things and then talk about nice things without batting an eyelid and moving stories seamlessly. So we will do that for you, folks uh, listening out there to this show. We will seamlessly move through a range of stories. Um, yeah, one of which is about my new bionic eye. Um, we can do that one now. Also, mm, no, 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 now. 
let's don't keep the listeners waiting <laughs> well okay well um yeah the the tldr of it is uh, i required and have had a cataract operation um so uh you know I, a long time ago like when i was a kid i had a, an injury a sporting injury i got hit in the eye with a tennis ball um and that has resulted many many years later literally decades later um uh, of me having an early early-ish growth of a cataract in my right eye and that needed sorting so i about as we record this uh it's not quite two weeks ago um i went to uh to have that sorted out um and uh it, it, incredible like the 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 can you call can you say science is a miracle i think that's mm. probably a bit of a, a a clunky way of saying it but the um the the amazingness of modern science and, and medicine and technology came mm. together uh, to make it literally a painless experience um and um you know and i can now see again with that eye which is something quite extraordinary um uh i hadn't been able to read with my right eye for most of the last year um now i can in fact actually it's got a lens inside it that actually is is dedicated to reading because of course it's a fixed focus lens they have to replace it with a plastic lens um and uh it's it's dedicated to reading so that's great yeah um, awesome and also, i think it's a bold choice to go with a different color to your other eye i think that was uh unexpected but you know <laughs> Well, I was going to have like those uh, alien eyelids that close sideways instead of up uh -huh. down as well, but um, they said that would cost extra, and I didn't yeah. feel like it. It'd yeah. be a bit lopsided to only have the one eye done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just one eye opening yes. up and, and down. Sadly, it doesn't shoot lasers out of it though. That's um, that is disappointing. It wasn't even a paid upgrade. <laughs> yeah. Have you tried looking through a camera rangefinder since getting it done? See, because you've always struggled with rangefinders, and I'm just intrigued to know whether or not this has fixed that problem for you. That's a really good question. Uh, the simple answer is no, because I don't own any rangefinders. Um, uh, uh, so I should probably also point out that I am left eye dominant, um, and it's my right eye that I've had operated on. Um, so it wouldn't be that eye that I use anyway. Um, uh, but it's um, uh, it, it might might be interesting to try, um, or at least to try a, a camera that with, with a if it's not a rangefinder but just with a viewfinder that allows me to keep both eyes open. Um, more on that in a minute because I have one of those actually to show and to talk about. Um, but uh, I I don't see I don't see distances with it. Um, so it's like because it's deliberately short sighted to allow me to do reading. I don't see clearly over distance with it. Um, so it, it's not um, uh, I have now one eye that sees longer distances and one eye that sees shorter distances. And and, uh, and the amazing biological brain figures out how to match those different images into something sensible. Um, so my brain has been rewriting itself for the last two weeks, um, figuring out how to make sense of what it's, it's receiving. Um, and it's doing quite well at that, actually. So that's, that's interesting as well. Um, the uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a really yeah, for, as a photographer, <laughs> it's a really interesting process, right? I'm not sure that I could imagine a more interesting like uh, the operation to have had done as a photographer because it's all about light and eyes and things like that you know I do get some flickers around the edge of this new lens that are a bit like, like sort of light coming in through the edge of a Fresnel lens and things like that so there's all sorts of you know lensy type things going on um, 
I have to focus now by moving my head. It's not it's not quite the same as um, that having the difference between a zoom lens and a prime lens, because of course with a zoom lens um, and a prime lens, both of those actually can change their focal distance, right? So yes, you have to zoom with your feet, but you're not changing focus with your feet with a prime lens. I actually now, if I want to change the what I'm what's in focus and what's not in focus, I actually have to move my head because my eye has a fixed plastic lens in it with a fixed focal distance. And, you know, it's got a bit of, yeah, it's got a bit of leeway either side. Um, you know, uh, the, you know, I have a bit of hyperfocal distance, I suppose, or hyperfocal range, if you want to call it that. Um, but essentially, I need to, if I want to see things very clearly, I need to move my head, which is an interesting side effect as well. I wasn't expecting that. So it's a very, inter very interesting as a photographer. It sounds like you should have the Holger lens in your eye aid. I mean, could you not have, I don't know, maybe splashed out for a glass lens upgrade at least? <laughs> I don't think they do glass ones. That sounds a bit dangerous. I think I'm quite happy with the plastic one they put in. Fair enough. Um, but, uh, it is, yeah, it's an interesting... Uh, they, they do do multifocal lenses these days. Um, I haven't got one of those because the nature of the injury mm. that caused all of this in the first place meant that I couldn't have that type of lens. So you can now get insert lenses uh, for cataracts that give mm -hmm. you both distance and near vision uh, by by the way that the lens is constructed. Um, but I, I I wasn't medically suited to that type of lens because of the 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 injury that had occurred all those years ago. So mm. I have a fixed focal lens instead, which is mm. different. I'll let you into a secret now, eh? Just listening to that. <clears throat> In one of my incarnations, I trained as a nurse, actually, in one of my in one of my favourite wards. Yeah, Graham's face. I'm oh, sorry, just just the whole just that concept is slightly terrifying to me. Yeah, like, both concepts, only... the fact that you were a nurse and the fact that you had a favourite ward. Uh oh. Yeah, I did. I was only young. I was only eighteen, and I left and and, and went to university. But um, one of my favourite uh, memories was I used to like I was on the eye ward um, aid and I used to prepare people's eyes for cataract operations oh, and I used to have okay. a queue of people and they were always you'd be young so they were always like old people yeah, yeah. and I love old people um, so I used to really enjoy it <laughs> just like I used to put this like jelly over their eyes and I used to trim their eyelashes off uh, oh, ready for their cat yeah, that's, that's nothing. What I did. Nothing to do with the hospital. This was just one of Claire's little fetishes yeah. that she had. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoy it, and I often think of that how much I like that. But when you were saying about eyes, <clears throat> it made me think. And when you were talking, I was kind of looking it up because I couldn't remember the name. But um, from a photography point of view, there's a really good. You know, Scott Walker. The musician Scott Walker, I like Scott Walker. He's got a great album. It's called Scott Three. And have you seen the album cover? It's the Eye. And I don't know if you can see it here now. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm showing it to Graham and um oh, yeah. Aid. Yeah. Um, it's a great album cover. I love the colours and everything. And I don't know how they did that shot. And um <clears throat> I know so that I with I, the reflection in the so, so the to, to describe it for people who are only listening. Yes, yes. You want to describe it? So it's 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 a close up of an eye, beautifully made up eye, and then Scott Walker's image is in the is in the pupil, isn't it? And it, I just think it's a great cover, and I'd love to be able to recreate that. And I remember having a conversation with Alex about it. Um, so um, and we were like, how would you do that? But anyway. I think not that's been, a... not been photoshopped then. No, no. I think this was the days before Photoshop. 
wasn't it? How old Scott so, Walker? I mean, bearing in mind that photoshopping in one form or another has been around for how long has photography been around for? 30, <laughs> I mean, basically. Oh, well, yes. So it wasn't called photoshopping. It was released in March 1969, this album. Yeah, it could oh, still be it? a double okay, exposure, no, a couldn't it? Ago, yeah, but it's very skillfully done. Yeah, yeah. Really right. skillfully done. Scott Free. Yeah, it's, so the eye connection, I think that's it's one of my favourite um, album covers, actually. It's, I think it's a great picture. Cool. But, so that's what we need to do now. We need to <laughs> use your eye aid. That could be a challenge. We use eight eye <laughs> to replicate um, the Scott Three album cover. Mm. You, you can try. You're welcome, <laughs> welcome to try. Um, I just but, when you started yeah. saying that you prepared people for cataract. Player. I just assumed you meant you went around hitting tennis balls in people's eyes. That was my assumption. <laughs> in a few years' time, I'll be able to cut your eyelashes off. Whack! <laughs> it's um, yeah. I didn't experience any of that. All that all I experienced was they just put put um lots of eye drops in my eye, which is because that's how they administered mm. the anaesthetic for it. Yeah. Um. Uh. And uh, uh. And that that was all they did. And then afterwards, they gave me some biscuits. Nice. <laughs> Ooh, free biscuits. I might get these. <laughs> no, are not nice biscuits. They were like shortbreads. <laughs> shortbreads, all right. Well, I'm glad you came through it okay, Aid, even if you have not ended up with the, an eye that shoots laser beams. Yeah. I, um, I know. Maybe you know, maybe I'll go back for that one next year. Yeah, yeah. I'll also, prepare your eye for you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And <laughs> maybe, maybe next time get a fisheye lens fit. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Having, like, just to be able to have incredible fisheye vision that'd be pretty great too <laughs> i don't think that would make life difficult in any way shape or form having a fisheye vision in one eye and not in the other so it, it you have to be careful actually genuinely because the because you know going back to to what i was saying about the brain stitching images together the brain is incredibly clever and it is yeah. incredibly flexible um uh, especially when you consider just how much proportion of what we think of as vision is actually supplied by the brain rather than by the eye um, but the uh, there are some challenges. So um, I, so I now have my uh, my right eye, which is which is a fixed focal distance. My left eye, I'm still wearing a contact lens in that one to be you know to to correct my natural short sightedness mm -hmm. and give me the distance vision. Um, but the the prescriptions are okay, uh, 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 reasonably far apart because one is designed to, to then I don't my eyes are not seeing the same things. One is seeing long, one is seeing short, and so there's prescription that is effectively different. Yeah. Um, I'm my brain was very easy to correct those two pictures. Um, I found it very easy to correct those two pictures. No adjustment required with a contact lens. But if I tried to wear glasses to correct my left eye, um. It, the brain couldn't gel those images and i was seeing literally two pictures right one mm -hmm. was a a sharper picture where uh, and one was a less sharp picture and they were overlaid but they were very differently two pictures my brain could not join them into one image um and even though the prescription in the glasses i was wearing was the same as the prescription in the contact lens i'm wearing currently my brain could not do it and it's a known thing and i would yeah i was told it was going to happen and I was like, oh, that's really weird. But it just brings it home to you just how much of what we see is, mm. is brain power, mm. not eye mm. power. So, so is is this like people who have to have um, eye operations and have um, you get, um, eye transplants, can't you, from donated eyes? And then and then they can see ghosts through the um, donated eye of the dead person, but not through their own eye? Is it like that? Hey, you've been watching too many of Claire's movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the thing. I'm pretty sure if you get a donated eye, you can see ghosts. 
<laughs> no, I had it done. I, well, I had it replaced with a pig eye because that's closest to humans, <laughs> you... right? And now I can't eat bacon sandwiches anymore. <laughs> <laughs> These are all scientific facts. This is the magic of science. It is. Should we move on, Aid, to um, yeah. what's wrong the magic of science? To talk about your new camera. Because that's yeah, the new hotness cool. this week. We can do that. We can do that. So I can hold it up to the screen, but that's not going to do much good for the listeners. That um, looks lovely. It is lovely. Um, so this is my new Chroma 612, um, made by, of course, the, the lovely Steve Lloyd of that Chroma Cameras. Lovely. Thank you, Steve. Um, thank you very much, Steve. Uh, it's brilliant. Uh, so this is, uh, I think, did we well, I have talked about it before that I'd ordered one? Mm-hmm. I haven't I on the, on the show, but uh, it's now arrived. Um, and today I finished shooting the first roll through it. Um, so I, I went, I played safe for my first one, uh, shot a roll of HP5. I thought, well, you know, if I get stuff wrong, <laughs> HP5 will save me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so uh yeah what can i say about it it is really it, it is both lightweight and really sturdy so so for those that don't know chroma cameras it's a 3d printed camera uh this is called the 612 uh because it shoots up to 6 by 12 centimeter negatives uh on medium format film uh and uh yeah the camera body is printed uh it is it's really nicely thought through and really you know, and and really nicely built and, and designed there's a lot the the film wind on is is really smooth works really nice there's a pressure plate to keep it flat because the big negative can easily get a bit curved mm. um you know steve uh builds the um the the lens cones uh to to order because you have to you have to specify what lens you're going to use with it i was going to uh, say does it come with the lens was my question or do you have to buy the lens separately uh, you buy the lens separately, so so Chroma cameras, you know, uh, make the cameras, but they don't supply the lenses. They, right. they ask the, the the customers supply the lenses. So uh, I, uh, but, but uh, not knowing much about uh, large format lenses, it takes large format lenses because it shoots a negative that's twelve centimeters wide. So your, your typical medium format lens just won't have uh, an image circle big enough. So if you think about um uh, well uh, any any medium format camera you want to to to, to think about so anything you know many will be uh, have a an image circle that covers a six by six neg um some will have a will cover a six by nine but um for six by twelve really you're getting to the sort of width that you would get from a, a large format negative a four mm. by five negative uh and uh, for that reason you need to buy a large format lens so the lenses expensive mm. um they can be um i i don't know whether i was fortunate um in the timing or, or whether i was whether i i just uh well maybe i was just fortunate i i found uh from ford's photographic um a, a well-known supplier of of camera gear here in the uk um i found a uh, a lovely i, I say it's, it's a large format lens but the lens itself will fit in the palm of your hand it's tiny mm. and if I, i'm just going to read off the front of it to make sure i get the exact thing right it is a uh it is a schneider kutschnack i've never known how to pronounce <laughs> that super angulon 65 mil f8 lens they okay. i can't remember what shutter it is in it a copper zero shutter i think but i may be wrong mm. on that yeah yeah um, it's just a composite yeah it's just it yeah um, camera 
and and it's um it's a bit diddy if i hold it up like that where you can see the camera itself is quite deep and the lens doesn't mm -hmm. stick out very far mm -hmm. at all so what i've got actually is is a really nice handheld um uh, you know almost large format camera mm. which um i think it looks lovely fantastic it is it's really i mean i won't take it apart on a podcast and put it you know show you all the living parts because that won't mm. mean anything to anybody who's listening but it has a, a good heft but it's not heavy to that you couldn't carry mm. it for ages um i mean it's essentially well it's a plastic of some sort isn't it the print yeah the, the filament you print from uh the lens itself because i deliberately chose a reasonably small lens the lens itself is not heavy although that's solidly made out of metal um and uh, what else have i added to oh i added a little I, I went on ebay and i bought a little cheapy viewfinder that mm -hmm. gives me some way of um mm -hmm. some way of focusing it because the camera not focusing it sorry of composing uh because the camera itself uh does not have any way of seeing what's going on so there's no viewfinder built into the camera mm. um and there's no uh, although it shoots nearly large format um it there's no ground glass or anything um you just have to you know point and shoot as it were so i've got a little uh i bought a, a little ebay viewfinder of a, an equivalent focal length it says 24 on it uh because the um the the, the 12 centimeter wide negative um will give me roughly equivalent to a 24 mil field of view mm. uh, or angle of view i should say uh and uh yeah i mean it's great it's got two cold shoes in the top it's got a little bubble level built into the top which is great it's got three windows on the back for winding on seeing what numbers on the backing paper mm. so i've got one window if i'm shooting six by six one if i'm shooting six by twelve one if i'm shooting right. six by nine comes with the masks inside yeah. so you can choose mm. what format you want to shoot okay um, obviously that's yeah because it's the masks are inside the camera that is clearly a a, a decision you make before you load the film <laughs> um but uh it it's um yeah it's 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 really nice 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 and sturdy um plays nice it's got a little it built into the grip there's a there's a hole that would allow me to thread a um what cable release Cable release. That's what I was going to say. That, for, I was just making the action there, and Graham got great. Self got it timers uh, for self-portrait. Sorry, yeah. So yeah, I do have a cable release, and for, uh, but the cable release I have is about three times too long to to go between the lens and the grip yeah. of the camera. So so I need to figure okay. out how to get a cable release for it. But um, yeah, so I have a spare cold shoe because I've only I put one. You know, my my viewfinder has gone into the one cold shoe, um, and that means I have a spare mm. cold shoe for if I want to do. Uh, I don't know what per else I'd want to do. Perfect for putting in something like a, a Raveni Labs light meter, something like that. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah, mm -hmm. I hadn't thought about that. Um, I, at the moment, I've got because I've got a, a Sarconic, uh, one of the smaller Sarconics mm -hmm. you know, handheld. Um, uh, it's a 308. It's one of the digital ones. It's not the really tiny yeah, analog one. It's it's like the basic digital. Yeah. Um, uh, Sarconic meter. So I've got that. I've got an app on my phone. Um, uh, a light meter app so if the thing that i'm wanting to expose is a hundred yards away i don't need to traipse over there with the meter and measure it and traipse back i can look at the whole mm. yeah i can look at the scene through the phone yeah i've played with them both and all of them of course you know one is incident the other is reflective um the uh they, they roughly tally and again that's another reason for choosing a really forgiving film like yeah. hp5 to get to know it because mm. yeah stop or two either way with hp5 and you you're in the zone aren't you so yeah um you mentioned about focusing and the fact that you've got no ground glass so 
you um you sent or you got your lens delivered to Steve actually didn't you so he um kind of calibrated it or marked put focus markings on there for you is that right aid yes so um if you can see here on is this called the helicoid the yeah. focus wheel right um he has put some, some markings um so as far as making the lens as short as possible of course is your infinity um and he's marked it for eight feet and then further around for three feet and i I'm, i understand that the the shortest focal distance for this particular lens uh is 18 inches wow so, I mean, that's pretty so, darn short yeah that's so good. um yeah so well it's a very wide angle lens mm. and it's a 65 mil so it's a pretty wide angle um so uh yeah, so I have, I mean, it's 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 not quite zone focusing. It's a bit better than zone focusing because these things mm. are measured. Um, and uh, yeah, I, Steve was kind enough to do that with me. I have to say, though, that if that's not the way that people get one of these cameras, um, I also did get with it um, a, a mask with a ground glass in it, uh. so that uh, which will be useful for me if I choose to buy another lens, for example, because then I can I can put the, 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 the ground glass in it and I can put things, you know, I can adjust the lens until it's in focus understand that you know if i measure then the distance to mm. my subject i could easily measure the same sort of three feet and eight feet out or whatever focal yeah, whatever focal distances i wanted um and uh you know i, I had the, it ships basically with the tool to allow you to do that yourself mm -hmm. so, so how did um, you find your first role um i i enjoy it it's a nice camera to use um my cheapy ebay finder um is really distorted so i don't really have a view of what kind of coverage it gave of, of what equivalent to what's actually going to be captured on the film um but you know it's yeah hopefully it's, it's there or thereabouts right give or take um so looking through it you know it made me immediately think uh yeah maybe if you know maybe i'll go and buy one of those 200 pound like a viewfinders off of ebay or something like that but maybe i won't right? i probably won't to be honest we'll see how it goes uh baby steps and all um yeah as i said yeah really nice to use really easy to load um you know you literally just you know wind it onto to the, the take-ups ball you know put the the film pressure plate which is hinged over it and then the back slips on and off really mm. easily um it's held on by the customary chroma camera magnet system but it also has some little locking mechanisms as well just to to you know belt and braces uh it was um yeah really easy to to focus because the markings are there on the on the the focus wheel um you know the lens itself is very easy you set the shutter speed and the aperture on the lens you cock the shutter on the lens you you release the shutter on the lens it's all there way yeah all there very easy to reach um you know numbers on the back to wind it on make sure you get the film in the right place you could go easily backwards and forwards if you wanted to do things um i think i only took one double exposure by mistake mm -hmm. uh, right. forgetting to wind it on between shots mm -hmm. um was it nice did it come out nice i haven't seen it yet so i've finished the film oh so you today. haven't processed the film no it's the the next step is um uh, he doesn't know this yet i don't know if he listens to the show every week but it's going it's going to silver pan next so the next thing is that duncan has got to get it mm -hmm. uh, you know processed and scanned in reasonably quick time because what i'd really love to do is to get a print a decent size print of a six by 12 neg out yeah. in time for the analog spotlight which as mm. we record this is about three and a half weeks away i think um and so what i need to get is get the film dev and, and scanned and then send it to a printer somewhere I, I don't think i'll have time 
to to get a darkroom print done i don't do that myself of course so i'd have to ask somebody to do that pay, you know, get a service to do that don't know that i have time for doing that but hopefully i will have time to get a, a digital print made of it to mm. a decent size and then we'll all get to see and i said to steve if i can do that i'll bring along a couple of prints to the show and we can put them out on the chroma cameras table of course when he sees the photos i've made he may not want to do that <laughs> what did you do what, what was your subject matter what did you shoot Aid? most of it is just um uh, around the the garden and my street and because I've, I've been i've been crazy crazy busy the yeah. last uh, week or two uh, as well as having had to have time out to have an eye operation. So mm. with those two things combined, I haven't really had an opportunity to, to go on any photo walks or joints. So, so what do you think your double is of? Sadly, oh. that's the one photo I actually made a real effort of. So I took my daughter horse riding the other day and I said, mm. I'm going to take a picture of you on, on your horse. Um, I saw her horse is a state yeah. horse. Yeah. Um, uh, and I took one. I thought that came out quite nice, but I'll take another one just to be sure. I've just double exposed. And by the time I remembered, by the time I realised that I hadn't wound the film on, of course, she was off the horse and back in the car and we were on our way home. And I was like, oh, I was just really busted back. it might be really nice you don't know it will have to you know it could come out really quite nice i have yes. to i do think it's a really good idea um with a camera like that going with a high speed film to begin with because it it means you can close down the aperture and vastly improve your well improve your depth of field because when you're shooting six by twelve that is a shallow depth of field you've got even with a fairly wide angle lens you're still it is. Uh, I was shooting at f16, yeah, 22. So the lens, I mean, it's an, I said it's an f8 lens. Um, it goes from f8 to f45. Yeah. Um, I don't know the, anything about the characteristics of this lens, so I don't know at what point I might start to see some diffraction kick in. Um, if it, yeah, I would, I haven't shot at 32 or 45, but I have, I think, done at least one shot, maybe two at f22, mm. um, which for me is a really really high number because of course yeah. i don't shoot these larger formats very often mm -hmm. so so um that's i start wow f22 like tiny tiny hole it's like yeah yeah and that's so awesome we'll very exciting happens. can't wait to hopefully see the i've got some it. shots in focus <laughs> yeah well you know the thing i mean i did last week developed the role of film that i shot through the kraken camera my kraken camera which is the i mentioned this many times before it's the 3d printed um camera designed by graham young um from the homemade camera podcast and um and it's a six by twelve camera and um and I, yeah I, I developed that last week and it's even though, again, using a very basic viewfinder and using kind of scale focusing that I did calibrate myself before, but if you if you give yourself as much room as possible in terms of the aperture, then it's a bit more difficult for me because I've got a 150mm lens on there, so that is quite a lot longer and therefore quite a lot narrower on the aperture. But, you know, the, the problem that I've found with that and which is why at some point when i don't have new motorbikes to buy i will be buying another one a camera from steve is that um it's just a bit bulky and a bit edgy so i, I don't tend to find it's one that i'm going to carry around just for general walk around shooting um but i love the format that was one of the things that really attracted me to this when i saw the the prototype uh when we were in coventry uh yeah, a few weeks ago and I was like, do you know what? I can actually picture carrying mm. this around, mm. like for attractive camera, time. isn't it? It is, yeah. It, it's it's for for the size of film it shoots. It's very compact and it's very lightweight. Um, 
Um, does it have strap yeah, lugs? It looks looks great. Sorry. Does it have strap lugs? Uh, it does. It has strap lugs. Uh, if you can see. Yeah, uh, at the end. Yeah, that's what you want. To, on on the end, so so you would hang it uh, vertically. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting as as well. Um, yeah, because that that would hang much more gracefully, yeah. I think, than than having him them at either side. Very nice. So um, I haven't put a strap on it yet. Um, mm, I've tested out which of my many camera yeah. bags it fits nicely into. <laughs> It looks awesome. It looks awesome. I'm really pleased that was very quick as well. Steve got on that nice and quick, and um... he did. Yes, and that I know I've said it before, but thank you again, Steve. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, wait till you see the results. You know. <laughs> yeah, but that's not Steve's fault, though, is it? Well, we'll blame him if they're terrible. <laughs> um, we'll blame him on the focus calibration he did for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Claire, you haven't had a new camera lately, but you have been away on travels. That's where mm. your money's been getting spent. You've been spending all of your money on pants. Uh, is that what you spent um, all your money on? For <laughs> many on what? Sorry. Is it pants or tights or something? I can't remember. Oh, tights. Yeah. Oh, my tights story. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. That's shocking. Yeah. Um, I do camera wise though. As I said, I still haven't bought my mint camera, but I am. I was thinking I am definitely going to get my mint. You know, my mint camera. And I actually really, really like the camera that, you know, you that camera aid, you know, that um, that Chroma 612 camera. It oh, looks really nice. Next time I see you. So, uh, yeah, you can have a play. Mm. That'd be nice, actually, if I could do that, put a roll through it and, and, and see. Yeah, you sure, could teach me, you could uh, show me how to eat because I learn by doing stuff. But I do, I do like the look of it and the sound of it. So, yeah. So yes, I've been away. Um, I've been busy. So yeah, I was in Norway, and um, it's my first time actually. I'd never been to Norway, so that was nice. It was an experience. Um, I do like to. It's nice traveling, isn't it? And, and seeing different cult countries and cultures and their food and all that, and their music and everything. <laughs> Um, so it was very scenic, and um, so I, I, I was in Oslo for a few days rehearsing for this performance. And um, then I, I, I went up to Bergen, which on I, it was a seven-hour train journey, and it was really picturesque. And I, actually, I really liked Bergen. I think maybe I preferred Bergen to Oslo. Um, yeah, so yeah, I was in a, I was doing a performance, and so it was a forty-five-minute um, uh, kind of performance, um, and I, and I enjoyed. Well, it was quite, I was quite nerve-wracking. Um, um, but I enjoyed like putting the set all together, so it had quite a Lynchian theme. But I, as part of the performance, so anyway, I'm digressing. I, I was making photographs in real time, so that was quite fun. Um, and it took at times it took the kind of um, the nerves away because I could turn turn my camera on the audience and take pictures of them. <laughs> so it, it it was a sort of changed the dynamics so, so that was nice and it was quite it was and it was a really good engagement because when I was doing that I did some sort of moving film as well but when I was doing my Polaroids of myself in character as part of the performance but then when I was taking sort of pictures of the um, audience it was quite nice because I was sticking them onto the the wall so I knew this would happen I thought I was aware that obviously people that knew I'd taken their picture because obviously the development process of the picture you, you could see that people were like um curious to sort of see the image the image come up so that was that was nice you know so, so you've got a good collection of audience photos now then if you brought that well there was yeah oh my god 
Gosh, yeah. There was um, on the actual on the performances. There was a, a photographer in in each performance, but I haven't seen the pictures yet. They ha I haven't been sent any yet. And there was a, a another another photographer that did some photos, kind of in the rehearsal stage, quite staged. And I haven't seen them, but I have seen another photographer did some before the one of the performances. So I have seen those. I have to share some with you. Yeah. And you're saying that there's a video made of this as well, Claire? There is a video. Have, we haven't seen have, the link to that yet. I, I have had that sent to me, actually. I haven't looked it all the way through. I can't I can't bear to... Uh, I, I don't think I can bear to look at it. I started watching it and then it was like, oh, I don't know if I can watch this all the way through, really. <laughs> <laughs> before I send it to Graham, I will. Okay, before yeah. I send it to Graham and then Graham instantly puts it on YouTube, which is definitely what's going to happen. We have a Sunny yeah. 16 YouTube channel, Claire, that's not being used. I mean, I feel like this needs to mm. go on there. But, you know, it was interesting for me because I've had this talking about the before, the the performance and so it was you know I, I was I was pleased I did it because like I said to you when I was asked to collaborate I was like oh it, you know I said yes because it sounded something quite interesting to do and bring in the characters because there's a performance element I think in my kind of self-portraits um but this was it something is. <laughs> yeah there's a performance element you know but this was something completely different and um I really admire, I've said this before, you know, I really admire performance, performers, so musicians, um, actors, because I feel when I want, you know, I feel like they, they make themselves vulnerable in a way because they put themselves on the stage, don't they? Especially like, say, if you're a theatre actor or something, and I think not everyone could do that. And when I watched them, I think, could I do that? I think, no, I couldn't. <laughs> and then there I was. I mean, it was obviously a very small audience. But it was nerve-wracking, you know, and I thought, well, my admiration for them kind of went up a few notches again. <laughs> so um, that's a really interesting point because it is something mm. totally different, isn't it? It does have a different mm. dynamic. I mean, in a in a different world, I had this a few weeks ago when I uh, for for work, I had to go and speak to a group of people, and I found myself a bit nervous. Oh um, yeah, I was terrified. Speaking to, a, speaking to this group of people, and I thought to myself, I said why am i nervous right i do this thing mm. this all the time and mm. it's the sort of gig i'm really comfortable with i'm i'm really hate doing formal presentations but standing in front of a room of people running a q a session telling stories you know professional mm -hmm. you know career stories but telling stories you know mm. doing you know answering questions from the audience i was like, why am i nervous and i worked out afterwards that i hadn't done it for five years <laughs> because yeah. we've all been we've all been at home for two years right so <laughs> so yeah people haven't done corporate away dates mm -hmm. that go and talk at you know for for two years and it just so happened that the job i had directly before all the lockdowns um didn't have that as a feature of it mm. and so i realized the last time i was like, oh that's why i was nervous because the last time i stood in front of a room of people yeah. like this to talk in an informal kind of a way um was five years ago it's, like, mm -hmm. it's amazing how that time has has passed uh, yeah without us, no, without us noticing it <laughs> yeah well I was terrified I mean as prep obviously I'd practiced and I worked with a choreographer a Welsh chore uh, Welsh choreographer and performer herself Eddie Lard she's really brilliant so she sort of helped me um but I was still when it came to it I was terrified I mean I enjoyed setting up this the doing setting up you know creating the set and thinking about the lighting as well because uh, we, we we kind of were creating a certain atmosphere so we had like a pink kind of red light going on um let's go for kind of like a bit of a film a film noir look. 
But when it came to the actual performance, I was thinking, I can't believe I'm doing this. And um, I was actually terrified. I was. I, I don't mind admitting that I was literally terrified. And I was because I started off in the bathroom. That was part. Of, it started off with me in this bathroom coming out. And I was like, I hope. <laughs> I was like, I hope no one comes, actually. I was getting to the point, I thought, I actually, I hope no one comes. And I talked myself into, hopefully no one will come, or there'll be like two people. But there was actually more than two people. And actually, when I came out the bathroom, I saw these people, I was just like, I mean, I did it. And I, I think my first, actually, I feel like the first performance was the better one, because I just thought, I have to do this now, and I've just focused on all the cues. But I was, ter I was literally petrified. <laughs> Well, well done for but the bit that but the bit that kind of took the edge off it from me and it, and it made me think that you know i think i am kind of like more comfortable you know it would have been if there was maybe because i was if there was been maybe a couple of us performing and i could have been a bit more in the corner <laughs> or like you say because and, and the, the lighting did take a bit of the edge off because it was like a bit of a duller darker light but i think the bit where i got into the performance and i had to make the pictures of myself as part of the story I kind of I felt a bit more comfortable and when I was able to take the audience as well so there was that interaction that was when I felt like oh it's, it's kind of I'm, I'm focusing on other other people and that was nice I quite like that element of of creating those images in real time and actually I have some nice pictures I think I'm, I had a couple a couple obviously not very good at all but I did get a couple of really nice pictures of like the audience mm -hmm. <laughs> so that That's was good. nice and that because there was a at one of the shows there was like a, a little boy you know I would say he was about eight seven eight something like that what and, this um, kid did, no offense but what had this kid done wrong <laughs> to be taken along to a performance art show <laughs> I mean, poor I poor sod <laughs> I know, and I thought he so was with his um, his parents, his dad anyway, at least. And I remember thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to take a picture of this little boy because I felt like maybe he might be getting bored or <laughs> thinking what's going on. But as soon and it and it was right because as soon as I kind of because you know Polaroid cameras as well, they're not, they're interesting to look at, aren't they? If you've not seen one and the old ones, and I, as soon as I like focused on him and he's taking the picture, he was quite engaged, you know, and he was really curious. And um, I got a really nice picture of him, and I put it on the wall. And um, he was—he was—he was like looking at it, you know. So yeah, that was nice. What cool. was the general feedback like for your shows, Claire? Did you get any feedback? Um, I think there was <laughs> some feedback. I was a bit because because um, my idea—I was laughing because the story. My idea was it was like something strange was going. There was like um, something kind of benign in this room, like a presence or a force, and it was all kind of you know to be interpreted. But some people had interpreted it interpreted it that it was kind of the interiority of me and or the character, you know, and <laughs> you know. <laughs> was I mad what was going on I was like oh I don't know what impression I get I gave um some people some people thought some parts of it were a bit long I think which I would agree with if it was to be done again I would shorten some bits and maybe lengthen others you know I, I did think that myself but <laughs> yeah but um I haven't brought myself yet to like I say I, I start when I got sent the video I started it I was like oh <laughs> I, I couldn't carry on so I turned it off but I will watch obviously I, I will go through the whole thing actually mm. so that was that so that was a good you know a good experience really 
Um, but I don't think, <clears throat> but you know, people that do, you know, people who perform, I think, can stand on a stage in a theatre or, um, you know, musicians that, you know, with big crowds, I, I, I admire them because it's, people always think, oh, it's easy and I could do that, but you, you can't, it, it's not easy, it's not is it? Easy, is and it's it? terrifying no, it's and I think they make them, and, and they're doing these long shows, aren't they? And there's a lot more, obviously there's like 50 times more people. And I think they make themselves vulnerable and I admire them for that, you know, I do admire them. So, yeah. Oh, but maybe I'm doing? better, I think I belong behind the camera though. <laughs> and uh, in private um yeah so but that was that was good and then it was like i said then last night actually i did a talk on um self-portraits for um a group in um a gallery in barcelona via, via zoom excuse me and that was really nice that was nice talking about um yeah self-portraiture and um you know what my views were on it and stuff like that and influences so that was nice um yeah, so I've been doing that. Watched a couple of films as well. Been watching a couple of films. You've been very busy. It's, it's yeah, I've been busy. Impressively busy, in fact. Yeah, booking. <laughs> and it's because the weather's nice and it's gig, it's music season as well. I've noticed now COVID is kind of, it's almost, well, restrictions have been, you know, lifted a bit. So there's a lot of, um, and it's coming out to festival season. So a lot of uh, bands that I've liked, I've noticed are over, coming over to the UK for, for show so I've booked two um I'm going to Manchester for two gigs that'd be great great place to go if you yep. haven't had Covid yet <laughs> yeah if, if, if you've been itching to get hold of the latest strain of Covid <laughs> festival season is nearly upon us you can go and yeah run around still... in the muck with everybody else mm -hmm. yeah I'm still wearing my mask you know I can't not wear it I've noticed that I know we're digressing now but into shops and stuff I don't feel quite comfortable yet but hmm it certainly doesn't do any harm does it and i'll tell you have you i, I watched two films recently um one social network which is a you know the one on mark zuckerberg and the origins of facebook's really good film really really good I, I really enjoyed that don't know how that passed me by and i watched power of the dog oh, um, okay. that's a recent one jane Campion. yeah yeah that's the the um benedict cumberbatch one isn't that it? is it yeah it was supposed to win all the oscars but did, did it, it not? Any in the end? I, can't I don't know. It's kind of like a, quite a slow burning film, and I felt like I had to pay attention. And it's good, and the ending, and but from a again, you know, from from a from a photography point of view, it's what was visually interesting to watch. Hmm. You know, like a lot of wides and. I do like a slow burning yeah. film. Yeah. Well, then maybe you should give it a go because uh, mm. a slow burning film um with lovely you know wide landscapes and yes. something like you know that's that the one that springs to mind actually um a slow burning film with lots of wide landscapes is no country for old men oh i love that film which is a great movie um absolutely brilliant film it's one of my favorite films i love the coen brothers yeah they're really good um but anyway so well gosh um I, mm. and uh that ends uh claire's update was so long that ends tonight's podcast <laughs> and there's no time to hear from graham it suits me it suits me well and on the blue theme <laughs> we were going to talk about the blue theme weren't we and yeah, i guess, yes yes yeah i was well again i know i always go on about manhunter the film manhunter but you know that if you want inspiration no. for the blue theme you must watch that film <laughs> <laughs> oh boy because the lighting is just so so spectacular yeah mm. okay yeah.
my movie Called update. Graham. Yeah, uh, my movie update. Uh, we watched um, Detective Pikachu, and I would say oh, that's an awesome movie. Yeah, for like a Pokemon movie, there's really a lot to see in that. I mean, Pokemon almost predominantly, but um, yeah, there's loads of Pokemon, so that's pretty good. On the, on the same wavelength, it's much like Country for Old Man Claire. You've probably seen Detective Pikachu already. It's probably also one of your favourite films, right? <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh well, put it on your must-watch list, Claire. You'll love it. Um, uh, what have I been up to? Um, bits and pieces, photography-wise, I am not a ton of stuff because uh, work is flat out at the moment. I did get out and put a roll through my Yoshika six three five. I went up and I saw my mum and my nan a couple of weeks ago, so I took some pictures uh, and actually managed to finish the roll fairly quickly. Turn it around so that when I went to see my mum and my nan again this weekend for uh, Easter Sunday, I was able to make some prints in the darkroom and take those up, which was quite nice. Um, so that was probably the quicker, one of the quicker turnarounds from shooting film to making prints from it. It was nice to, it was nice to get back they in the darkroom. Like Christmas yeah. Earth presents. That's the nice, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. It was, it was nice to do. Nice to get back in the darkroom. Although, as you said, with the weather getting nice now, it is such a double-edged sword because it was a beautiful day, but I had to wait until nine o'clock before the shed cooled down enough for I wanted to spend any yeah. time in there but you can shoot in the day can't you or the golden hour and then you can uh, process and print in the evening exactly so exactly i do think my um yashika 635 because i've not used it for a while because I, I also have a yashika mat and the two cameras are very similar but i thought oh, i'll take the 635 out and give it some exercise um and it, a bit light leaky around the top so i think it needs some new light seal so that's on the to-do list um uh i developed the film uh this was a uh, another new thing for me i tried 510 pyro so i bought some 510 pyro mm. from our friend james lane when we saw him in uh the Coventry photo walk so i gave that a try and um yeah that for first time using it, it seems to work all right the film all developed okay um i'm having to be a bit more careful with it than i am with my usual stuff because it is a staining developer so I suspect it's probably going to stain everything pretty well if I'm not careful. Um, and it's really thick. So kind of getting the handling down on it, you need to use a syringe to hook it out. But it can't be a syringe with too small an aperture on it. Otherwise, you can't pull the thing up. So, But um, yeah, that's good. I'm looking forward to doing more with that because it's a nice long-lived developer, uh, mm. which is perfect for me. Um, and yeah, beyond that... That's been about the only taking pictures part of photography I've been doing. Um, the rest of the stuff where I've been trying to, in a very half-assed way, engage with the photography-related things has been much more in terms of um, cyanotypes in the van and some <laughs> other experiments. Should we, should we just move on to blue? Because these things are all related to blue. Should we move on to blue? Yeah, let's move on to blue, yeah. That would be great. So Good plan. Claire, you mentioned Manhunter, which has been your contribution. I, I know you've been super busy, and you also forgot that blue was the theme. <laughs> I've done it, yeah. Do you know, I've actually got a picture called Blue, which uh -huh. I did with a double with um, ne uh, blue neon. Have you got it so we can see it? Um, how do I show it to you? Well, whilst you're hunting that down, Claire, I'm going to move over to Aid yes. and ask Aid if Aid, despite laser beam surgery and stuff like that, did you have a chance to ink on the blue theme? Well, funnily enough, the laser beam surgery actually helps, <laughs> um, or at least it helps in the planning stage. So, one of the, I, I saved this part of the story for now. Um, one of the interesting, in, in a photography way, one of the interesting side effects of changing the lens in your eye. Oh, Claire's showing us a picture. 
It's all right. I can't. It's it's it's. it's um, bright, get your yeah. camera won't your camera won't expose for it. Never mind. Send us a link. Yeah, we'll put a yeah. link in the show notes. Oh yeah, I can just about see it. It's very nice. Yeah. We'll put a link in the show notes for listeners. I think I've got a big. Actually, carry on. I think I've got a big one. I've got a big print of it here. I'll show it to you. <laughs> that would be, be more useful. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, so yeah, as I was saying, uh, one of the um, one of the interesting side effects of changing the lens in your eye is that different lenses let in, let through, transmit even different wavelengths of light. Mm. So as I recovered my sight after the injury, uh, injury after the uh, not after the injury after the operation, I noticed that my right eye now has a distinctly cooler image in terms of white balance, and also has a strong magenta cast to it. Gosh, that's interesting. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, <laughs> uh, that was not something that I was expecting. I've got yeah, I now have two eyes with different white balances. <laughs> <laughs> which very very strange um uh, in the two in the nearly two weeks actually my brain is starting to sort those things out so so the um the difference that i am perceiving between the two the images of my two eyes in most cases now is actually quite minor uh, there are some cases when the light is very blue there's a very distinct difference still between what my right eye sees and what my left eye sees in terms of color um, I guess that's you know, because it's blue and it's letting more blue. Yeah, you know, the new lens is letting more blue through. Um, but yeah, for a while there, I mean, I, the, you know, no way of measuring it, of course. But just to give people an idea, it wasn't quite as strong a difference as the difference between tungsten and daylight. You know, you're, you're thirty-two hundred Kelvin and you're six thousand Kelvin or whatever. Some people, some people say daylight's like fifty-six hundred. Other people say it's sixty-five hundred, and it depends on you know, where you live, I guess. Um, but it was, I reckon there was about a 1500 Kelvin difference between my eyes, oh. which when you're experiencing it is quite a lot. <laughs> it was a bit freaky. So my contribution to blue so far, thus far, has been surgery. Um, so I am the most committed to this thing yeah. of any of the three of us. And I defy you to say otherwise, even though I have no pictures to show for it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, Claire's about to unveil. Oh, let's, let's, this is a big, this is one of your gallery shots, isn't it? Yeah, can you see it? Oh, cool. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, that, my camera's not nice doing it. I think I've seen. I think I've seen that one before, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a cool picture. Yeah. Very cool picture. Um, if Claire does remember to give me a link, I will put the link in the show notes. Just try and remember to give me a link, Claire, to where it is on Instagram or somewhere. Okay. okay. Um. <laughs> Getting back to what I was talking about doing, so I've done a lot of cyanotypes over the last month, just real basic contact print stuff, um, not even contact, um, what's the word I'm looking at, photogram stuff, just whilst I've been out at work, because it's just not, well, I've got this thing of paper that I got at Christmas, I'm just chucking stuff on it, and it's fine, you know, it's nothing special, the paper's not amazing, but it's been, it's been making me feel like I'm vaguely engaging. The other thing that I've been experimenting with, and this is still very much in the um, test phase of it, is that one of the things in John's dark shed, there was a box of colour darkroom paper that was carefully labelled Junko. Um, 
which, <laughs> which is not, I don't think, a glowing thing. I think it had been partially exposed. So I, at the end of the day, that was unsurprisingly left behind. I thought, well, I'll grab it and do something with it. And um, I thought I could use it for doing um, lumen prints or something like that. Uh, but you can't use colour print paper to do lumen prints because it just doesn't react like that. Whereas with ordinary mm. photographic paper, you put it out in the sun, put something on top of it, the paper will change and darken and be affected by it. The, this, um, this colour paper, is it's blue... And yeah. it stays blue, and no matter how much light it's exposed to, it stays blue. Yeah. So um, I messaged our good friend Mike Crawford at um, uh, Lighthouse Darkroom um, and asked him if he had any suggestions. And he's like, well, I don't really know. It's a bit of a tricky one, that one. Um, and I had a look through his book, Obsolete and Discontinued. Fantastic book mm -hmm. to see what other people have been doing. And uh, I came to the conclusion that what I was going to try was doing some chemigrams, which... <laughs> I'm not sure this is really a thing, but um, but I've seen people doing it before. And essentially, th this is, as the name would suggest, putting different chemicals onto the paper to interact with what's on there to do something. So, um, as I said, I am still kind of experimenting at the moment because different chemicals do different mm. things. Um, so it's partly finding out how things are going to interact with the paper and also partly finding ways of applying them to the paper and how that can be done to um, do it. So they're very, they're very abstract. So I, I showed you briefly. Um, I showed you guys, this one is, hang on, I don't, that one, as I said, is the, uh, I'm calling that one the boat um, because mm -hmm. I, I, I'm working on the field. If you give them a title, then it doubles the genuine artistic quality of them. I like um, that. And uh, and this one again, listeners. I will. I might take a picture of this and share this online. This one I'm going to go with: the trees in a hurricane. Um, they're just. Um, it's fairly destructive, abstract splats. I think would be the best way of describing them. Um, but I'm kind of hoping that if I can get more control over how I'm applying the stuff and a better understanding of how the different chemicals are interacting with the paper so i can control the color shift and stuff um so i might be able to do something that is at least more um planned as opposed to essentially paper destruction which is what i'm currently engaged with but you know it's surprising how much time i've spent fanning around with this so far i did just kind of sit there with you know what was i i, I had um, obviously developer fix i had some stop but i also had some white spirit some hydrogen peroxide um anything else that i could find just lying around the shed full of dodgy chemicals um vinegar salt water um citric acid it's all good so yeah that's um but the paper started out blue so therefore that counts it's not blue What's anymore graham behind on your wall now for mm -hmm. listeners i we're looking at in graham's room oh, there's thing. a blue picture is that one of yours yeah that's a cyanotype just a um yeah that's nice isn't it yeah just yeah. again just a very basic it's one of the things i do I, it's the thing I quite like to do at work because I can put something on a piece of paper and then just leave it in the out in the sun and just go about my business, go about my work. And some things work better than others, um, but you know, again, it's it's one of those things where it's trying to keep in touch with the feeling of creativity, even if I know that what I'm making actually isn't really any good. But at least I feel like I'm trying to make something. <laughs> the endeavour is something. It's it's trying to do something because I, I don't have time to take photos when I'm at work because I'm supposed to be working. So um, at least I'm trying to do something. So that's 
yeah, that's my effort. Shall we move on? Because we've got a few listener um, yes. listener contributions as well on this. Okay. So I don't know. Can you both see these emails? I know. Uh, yep. Definitely. Stuff. Well, who yes. wants to take the first one from uh, Bill, Billy Sanford? Bill, Billy Sanford. I'll, <laughs> I'll read Billy's email if you like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hi, Billy. Uh, uh, Billy says, hello, Sunbeams. Continuing on with my attempt to use different kit or technique for the monthly inspirational theme, here is my effort for March's theme of blue. A great blue heron as a cyanotype. That's double blue. Double blue, yeah. <laughs> the original digital image was taken in 2018. The parts A and B were from late 2020. Gosh. So it was good to learn that cyanotype chemistry has a bit of shelf life to it on an unrelated note shout out to ben reynolds who mentioned on twitter that he's a bit behind on the podcast and has just caught back up to the point where aid rejoined the show <laughs> so hello future ben take care billy and uh, billy has sent us uh, yeah. quite an extraordinary uh, it's image, lovely it's it is really it's fantastic really lovely. Um, uh, a fantastic picture of a heron looks like it's just coming into land doesn't it yeah it, it does sort of it's brace it it's got its feet out in front of it bracing yeah. it rather than because they fly very much long-legged with their, their their legs flapping around in the wind behind them don't they um, but uh it looks like it's coming into land um yeah possibly on some water you know where they go like a, like a, a water ski type thing um and he's caught it just at that moment and uh the print is um it's clearly very blue what would it be uh, a cyanotype and all mm. um, uh, so yeah brilliant uh thanks brilliant that's a really nice a nice not nice way better than nice nice is such a terrible word isn't it that's a brilliant contribution thank you very much mm. i i really like that picture because cyanotypes from negatives whether they're digital negatives or um negative negatives um because the cyanotypes themselves are not it's difficult to get the sort of sensitivity and and the um range of tonality in there um and the picture that billy's chosen to use is quite sort of bold there's big areas of one shade big areas of another shade i think it works really really well and it almost because of the color and and the subject matter it looks like um a sort of something from a, a oriental pottery almost um mm, you know yeah, really yeah. nice really nice um yeah I, I, that's lovely lovely okay claire do you want to take the email from bill too yeah let me just um that so yeah from so bill too dear sunbeams please find attached my images for the march blue prompt i channeled is it hiroshi sugimoto is it mm -hmm. correct for this one with images of the not so deep, not very blue sea, and of course in JCH black and white. These images um, were taken on Chroma Cube, where the fear of a dunk seemed less threatening. <laughs> Yours from Sydney, Bill. And then he sent us, is it three? Yeah, three yeah. images. Um, of the deep blue sea. Of the deep blue sea, yeah. I'm just trying to um, enlarge and yeah. Mine. Now, I can see these better than you can because I've got the original email in front of me so I can see them big, nice and easily. Oh, I really, I like the, um, I mean, I like them all, but I, I really love the second one. 
the one that I that's you've you put the second yeah. one down. They're, they're all really nice. So these are these are yeah. um, dark pictures um, of just looking at the sea from just above sea level out to yeah. to the it's horizon, mm. um, and there's real movement and um, to an energy to it in both the sea and the sky and yeah. they're very dark and moody i mean they're very very dark which is why being able to see them bigger helps pull out the details i i think these are lovely they are they're really quite biblical, really lovely. Aren't they? they're quite biblical yeah. i'm so, not the, 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 um you know the for those that don't know the chromy cube it's um uh that that's a pinhole camera um that shoots mm -hmm. a 24 by 24 mil meg um so yeah hence some of the movement because the exposure times must have been reasonable yeah um yeah uh, i don't know actually what, what i don't know what is the probably uh uh uh, uh, uh inflated term for it but what is the shutter mechanism mechanism on a chroma cube is is it a pull the slide is it a uh take the cap off is, I, I, I no it know. does have it's not a take the cap off i think it has a it has something that goes across and opens it and closes okay, it so, so it's yeah. like a slide a slide something like yeah. that yeah. yeah yeah um i'm just cool. saying i'm not familiar with the artist he was um, channeling hiroshi sugimoto but I, i'm definitely going to check out his work because i really love um i love the the mood that those pictures are creating that's really lovely and because it's water and sky and mm -hmm. and those very dark it really it suits the kind of lo-fi aesthetic that you're going to get with a long exposure on a pinhole uh, i think it's just they're really good i'd love to see those printed like a darkroom print of those big would probably be pretty great pretty great um so very nice work nice. Bill. very nice yes and finally, on blue theme, just to prove that we don't only accept emails from people called Bill, we have uh, one from Ian Wallace, our good friend Ian Wallace, who also knows On a Hill Road. Well, he's not known as On a Hill Road, but he's the man behind the On a Hill Road book. Um, Dear Sunbeams, this month I have something blue. It's too obvious for words, but not having made cyanotypes before, it was a good excuse to try. I can now vouch for the fact that, kept dry, potassium ferric cyanide will keep indefinitely. I'm not sure when I acquired the little two-ounce bottle of the Johnson's Chemical. We have a little picture of this old bottle. Uh, it might be older than me. I know I've had it for many years, during most of which I was uncertain what to do with it. The crystals are huge orange chunks like uncut gems. That sounds pretty awesome. I think I want some of that now. <laughs> Both of my images were made this month with my whole plate camera in the close of Salisbury Cathedral and the contact prints made from, pa uh, from paper negatives. They were printed in the UV box I made a couple of months ago, and if anyone is interested, they can read about it here, and there's a link to this, which I will include in the show notes, because I'm actually interested in building a UV box, because I really would like to do more prints, Cyanotype prints from negatives, um, and I haven't got a great way of doing it, so I'm going to check that out. The uh, first image is of a distinctive Helen Blumenfield statue, mm -hmm. The statue is gleaming white marble. I wanted to retain the marble texture and not have the highlights burn out while showing the cathedral setting in the background. Please excuse the little light leak. We'll always excuse that. The second is a Roger Fenton-inspired image showing the ornate stonework of the cathedral. What I like is the pushchair at the door that adds scale. 
You see the mother, but not the small child and its father who moved about during the exposure. I just know that they are in the image. Best regards from Ian Wallace. And yes, we have a couple of lovely science apps again here. Very different from um, Billy's, but lovely stuff again. Um, are you familiar with the artist Helen uh, Blumenfield? Blumenfeld? Nope. Uh, other, other, I think the the sculpture in the image for me, and it's the first time I've ever been aware mm. of her work. So, yeah. So uh, uh, neither am I familiar with the name Roger Fenton. Actually, I don't think. No. Who is the, uh, the photographer that inspired the second image. So. Yeah. Uh, Salisbury Salisbury Cathedral is is an awesome awesome place actually. Um, if you ever get the chance to go. What I love about these pictures, especially, I mean, apart from the fact they're, again, just really well done silent types from the negatives, but I love the fact that Ian's using his old whole plate camera, and these pictures really have an old feel to them, and the silent type prints only add to that. Um, I think they're a great quite a lot of Quite a lot of detail. Yes, absolutely. Well, whole plates, I'm, I'm not going to, whole plates pretty darn big. Um, negative so um, that's very cool and I, I do love I said that we got the picture of his Johnson fer- potassium ferric cyanide and it looks pretty vintage it looks like it, it certainly know. does it looks like 1940s or 50s kind of a design of the labeling and stuff like that doesn't it so. exactly that, that didn't come from a chemist that came from an apothecary that's where that came from <laughs> a witch <laughs> or a witch yes exactly one of the two sounds like making witch um, so yeah <laughs> Good work on that. Really good stuff. Um, you know, I, I when we went into this, I was saying that, oh, my plan was I was going to take some pictures of daffodils with blue sky behind. The reason I didn't do that was because Simon Forster got in touch to tell me that that was completely unacceptable. So I hope he's happy with himself. I don't see Simon's entries in this email. No, exactly. <laughs> Simon's busy making insane insane fittings to put ridiculous lenses on cameras that were never supposed to have those lenses but you know what i i approve of that as long as he actually gets out and takes some pictures with them sometime um that would be good uh simon actually one of the people who's going to be at the analog spotlight which we'll actually we'll come on to that in just a minute because before we get on to that should we just talk yeah. about um if we just let people know uh what the, the what the topic is for the next month because oh given given that we've all done pretty badly with blue which i think is should have been fairly easy we should have done better with blue um put as as hosts um may well <laughs> april may's subject is another one of claire's so brace yourself everybody in case you <laughs> don't remember it's magic you like it but uh... not a lot <laughs> <laughs> magic sounds good yeah uh, liar well you know i could go down the bottom of the garden take photos of some of the fairies down there you know it's... yeah that's true that's true um, well, um magic what else could be magic yeah magicians oh boy your list of potential I... magic subjects was one i will go and i will go and visit that witch that's oldie in the potassium ferrocyanide yeah mm. take a photo of her yeah claire you've already got a shot lined up that you're already having to do anyways which feels very much like cheating to me but sure we'll allow it we'll allow it so i'm i'm i mean like i said i i know there's a few people who are really trying to give a go with this every month so i'm really intrigued to see how they cope with magic it's going to be good mm. so a few weeks we'll of magic a few weeks mm. of may magic yeah. 
perfect. I think um, it's quite broad how you can inter interpret that, isn't it? I think. Yeah, you're right, Claire. That, that's fair, um, especially in springtime, because I think spring of all the seasons, mm. I think spring is probably the most magical time because it's such a time mm. of transformation that um, you could absolutely take that. And and I will. <laughs> so... <laughs> okay, should we read our last email? Because yeah. I thought we should respond to this one. I wasn't aware we'd received this one. But this is an email from um, Barry van Veldem uh, from the Netherlands. Um, and it says, hello, my name is Barry and I am the founder of Analog Club Amsterdam. And I heard you were coming to Amsterdam by electric car around the 21st of May. And my wife Are you eight? Oh, that's incredible. Uh, I, I well, this, this is the sad thing. So let me finish with with, with Barry's mm. bit. Barry's email says, "Well, as it happens, I organise analog photo walks in Amsterdam, uh, trying every one or two months. Um, and uh, the last photo walk was Sunday, March the thirteenth, and got around fifty-five to sixty people. That's a good size yeah. photo walk. That is, isn't it? That's definitely a popular event to go to." uh and uh barry goes on to say he was planning his next things for may but perhaps we can join forces um <laughs> he says imagine what, what i manage a whatsapp group with 140 analog enthusiasts he says wow okay hope to hear from you and stay safe healthy and keep it analog well thank you very much barry um uh sadly uh, my plans have had to change um and i'm no longer going to be in amsterdam that weekend um we are definitely trying to organise a Western Europe photo walk uh, that bridges uh, that all the podcasts of, of those involved. So this is this is uh, in part uh, the brainchild of, of uh, Chris Marquardt and me. Uh, so Chris, you may know from podcasts such as uh, Tips from the Top Floor um, or the ever popular The Future of Photography. Um, which uh, which I have the the privilege and pleasure of, of making with Chris, uh, and Chris lives in uh, in Germany, and we said, okay, well, what what have we met halfway? What's halfway between where I live uh, and where he lives, and um, in in travel time, actually, my travel time would be way far more because I have to do things like wait for trains and ferries to cross the channel and stuff. We were also trying to keep it a little bit low on the carbon emissions. Um, and so we had the idea that perhaps we might use our electric cars, because I have one and Chris has one, uh, to do a meetup. Um, so that the, the concept of it is still there, but sadly we're not going to be able to do May. Um, but mm. Barry, uh, we will, uh, as soon as we settle on a date, uh, we will make sure that that, uh, to let you know, uh, um, and uh, it may may or may not be Amsterdam, but um, give it, given that you've got to be somewhere between west of London and Hanover, um, Amsterdam is pretty much in the ballpark. <laughs> mm. So uh, we'll see where we end up, um, but you will be most welcome uh, if you would like to join us at that time. Um, mm. Can yeah. I get your ride at you, Age? <laughs> sure. Your... How are you going to get here? To Amsterdam, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even that you live about two hundred miles away from me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mostly put this uh, yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely, you can. I, I mostly put this in just so we can sort of give give a shout out to Barry out there, and I will put a link yeah. to um, the Analog Club Amsterdam website and blog um, in the show notes if anybody's out there. Because I I know for a fact, um, our my good friend Jasper, he's going out to Amsterdam very soon. In fact, he's going out to Amsterdam. Uh, the beginning of may so i will be making sure that he is aware of this analog club out there because he will hopefully be able to catch up with people so sounds um, good yeah yeah and i uh, and i hope that we can make something happen out there with you guys in the future mm. um should we talk about the analog spotlight 
again, I know we've mentioned this before, but more details or more specific details have been forthcoming. So, um, and also, it's approaching pretty darn fast at this point. Well, it uh, is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is uh, about three and a half weeks away at the moment. It is uh, Saturday, the 14th of May, I think. Have I got that right? Yeah, yes. that's absolutely right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so this is a one-day event happening at uh, the Kiln co-working space, which is the space that Hamish um, runs in Worcester, um, taking place, as Aid said, on the Saturday on the 14th of May. Um, and it is a kind of full day of analogue photography-based goodness. Um, there's going to be exhibitors there. So, so far, the people lined up. We've got Alfie's cameras, Analog Wonderland, Chroma, Cameras by Max, Simon Forster Photographic, Intrepid, Ilford, Lensfair, Pixelator, PPP Camera, Silverpan, Solarcan, and Zone Imaging. Um, those guys are all going to be there. I know Sam has actually just launched a new Kickstarter, so that'd be exciting. I actually haven't. I, I, saw, I saw a tweet about this, and the day's been so long and busy. I've not had a chance to follow through, so I know Sam at Solarcan has got a Kickstarter. Which really should have looked at. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, tell you what, whilst I'm reading the rest of this, aid, you look up what Sam's Kickstarter is because it's ridiculous that we don't know what that is. So you find that out quickly. Um, it's not the, the puck, is it? Or that one? Yes, that that's it. That is it. Um, so, I have seen that. Yes. Cool. What um, is it? Um, it? Do you know what like a, an old-fashioned can of shoe polish looks like? Like yeah. a little flat can. It's. It looks to me. I would look it up properly and I would describe it properly in just one moment. But from what I've seen, the mental image I have is like of an, uh, a solar can type camera, um, but in in the shape of a puck. Yeah. Um, let me uh, tell you what it's actually made from. Uh, there we go. The solar can puck, a reusable camera designed to capture the sun's path and create beautiful images. Uh, so, uh, everyone is listening to me reading. <laughs> this is the noise I always make when I'm reading. It's mm -hmm. really annoying to everybody else. Not not allowed in any libraries. <laughs> no, like, no, no, I've been banned from libraries. So yeah, so uh, so the the puck is is yeah yes, it is a I guess yeah it refers to you know, sort of ice hockey puck kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's of that sort of size um, and it allows you to put in circular discs, circular discs um, or, of light sensitive paper. Um, and it's designed, it says, to work for uh, an exposure for a single day. So whereas the solar cans themselves often are sort of six months or, mm -hmm. or three, three months or 12 months or whatever you want. Um, these are designed for uh, making solar graphs in just a day. Awesome. Mm. And I think I understand that they come with eight pieces of paper. So you get eight shots with your thing, I think. Um, and yeah, it comes with a pre nine, actually. Nine. Uh, sorry to have so to correct close. you, sir. So um, close. Eight spares and one pre installed. Ah, perfect. So, and... so you get nine, nine, nine exposures with your puck if you, if you uh, sponsor the uh, or support the, the Kickstarter um and uh yes so it says our experimentation and testing has shown that single day exposures with a bright sun can be very effective you no longer need to wait several months to see your result making experimentation and adjustments easier this sounds so, more my pace than a solar can <laughs> waiting six months not my pace not my pace um so that's awesome that'll be there we'll be able to see that um, there are also talks, workshops, and a photo walk. So um, 
the confirmed speakers they've got there, Andy Church, our friend Andy Church from Codec Alaris, Michelle Parr, the lovely Michelle Parr from Ilford Photo, my Miles Myers, oh my goodness, that's a name, Miles Myerskoff Maris from the Expired Film Club. I am sorry, Miles, for butchering that. Ethan Moses, who we know and love from Camera Dactyl, who is um, tuning in live from his home in the US. And Kate Hook, or it's been so long Kate. since we spoke to Kate, the lovely Kate Hook, um, a film photographer and TikTok star. Uh, they're all going to be speaking. <laughs> and they've got a women in film panel discussion to couple one of the um, chats, which is great. There is going to be a lab that says TBC, but it says a lab will be running free workshops throughout the day to help you develop your own black and white film. Um, perfect for beginners as well as anyone looking to refine their teak technique or ask questions and the sunny 16 podcast will be hosting a photo walk around worcester towards the end of the day the perfect opportunity to put into practice the things you've learned the ideas you've had and maybe the new gear you've picked up and hey who knows maybe get horribly lost around worcester because we don't know anywhere we're going around worcester so this is going to be a real adventure for everybody we will get a real plan i'll be the first to say i'm i'm present excuse me I am pleasantly surprised uh, to find out that I am leading a photo walk around. <laughs> you knew. I told you. <laughs> It'll be fine, everyone. Not very long ago. No, exactly. Well, also, I, was the, I wasn't I was the first person to know Hamish told me we were, so that was exciting. Um, I think it's going to be a really good fun day. Oh, another thing, and whilst I'm scrolling down, because there's so much going on with this. <laughs> um, there is an exhibition sponsored and curated by Front. So every attendee who buys a ticket, because there are you do have to buy tickets for these, because there's a lot of stuff going on, um, will have the opportunity to submit one of their own film photographs in advance. These will all be printed and displayed in a room during the event alongside the photographer's name. So this is another great thing. So people can have their art up on display. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. And the, uh, at the end of the day, you can take your photo home as a permanent keepsake of the event. And there's going to be a raffle. Every ticket sale will also gener generate automatic entry into a raffle with prizes including a snap camera, a wonder box of film, a pixelator for easy home scanning and much more. So much stuff. Mm. It's going to be a really fun day. Um, Lots of stuff. Yeah, tickets are £10 per person plus fees, which I think for what's going on there is bloody great this is going to be so much fun it's going to be it's going to be so much fun just to see everyone even without all of this awesome stuff going on um i'm really excited about it go to analogspotlight.com forward slash launch dash event you'll find all this information there i will of course put a links in the show notes um i'm really looking forward to going um looking yeah, forward to seeing too. you i'm very pleased i will be able to come yes yep um claire the Shrub Hill train station is only 15 minutes walk away. I've had a look. There's trains from Manchester down on the day, which is where you are. We'll totally use Sunny 16 money to pay for your train ticket. So, Claire, <laughs> will you? if we pay for your train ticket, will you come to the Worcester, <laughs> the Worcester event? If I can, I will, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you clearly can because I've just said there's trains down on the day. <laughs> I'm in Manchester. <laughs> yeah, there's trains from Manchester. I googled yeah. it. There's trains from Manchester. It's fine. So, you're going to come, Claire? If I can. Well, I, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm asking you, can you come? Can you come, Claire? <laughs> okay, well, Claire's clearly non-committal. You Aid... better stop before you get sued for workplace bullying. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Aidan and I love you, listeners, and we'll be there, and we'll be very excited we to will. see you. And I'm looking and forward to it. It's going to Claire... be good fun. Claire, we're not so sure about it. She doesn't love you like we love you, but that's all right. Um, so that's the Analog Spotlight. 
I think that's everything I've got. I don't think. Pretty sure that's me done too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Out on Sony 16 Presents um, just yesterday, I put um, uh, Billy Sanford's his music and photography shows continued. They are great. The most recent one that's gone out was, it wasn't a conversation with Rachel because of, owing to Rachel's well-known time constraints at the moment, um, Rachel's basically answering Billy's thing, but Billy put it all together, did a really good job with it. Um, so that continues to be awesome. And if you're missing hearing Rachel's voice, that's a great place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think next the next one we've got coming from Billy is titled as um, the Music and Photography Finale, which is odd because I know that they definitely then continue afterwards. But um, enjoy Billy's very <laughs> badly named finale show in the next couple of weeks. Um, they are awesome. And I'm sure we will get an I Dream of Cameras coming very soon and another quirky camera <laughs> from Ian. And also, I'm, I mean, I, I don't want to apply too much pressure, but I have a couple of other film photography superstars kind of working on something in the wings, which I'm hoping is going to happen soon, but um, they're, they're quite busy at the moment. So more stuff to come on Sunny 16 Presents as well. So do make sure you're checking out that feed. Um, yeah, that's that. That's a lot of stuff. That's I a know. lot of stuff. I, good um, stuff. Yes. I might start going to a place of work again so I can listen to more podcasts <laughs> to cover all of that. Good idea. Um, yeah, instead of sitting here, you know, at the same desk day in, day out as I have wanted to do these days. But there we go. Anyway, so, uh, well, thank you very much, everybody. Uh, we have been the Sunny 16 podcast. And as always, uh, it has been an honor and a privilege to talk to you. We will play you out now with Rachel's band, Rocker. You can get their album, Promises I Should Have Kept, at all good internet places. Just search for it and it will, and you shall find it. And that's it for this week. Uh, We will be back next week. And uh, thank you and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.